I was going to say something about, all right, I'm actually properly co-hosting today, so there's going to be a lot of holding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Tremendous, a podcast about plants. I'm your local IT guy, Brady Valentino, and sitting next to me in the Nature Dome, as always, is my partner and co-host, Kat Banks. Yay! Welcome to the Nature Dome. The next uh, line for whoever goes next, it just says, says something clever. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. What are we talking about this week? Uh, today, we are talking about etymology and the other word I don't remember. Nomenclature. Yeah. Uh, as it relates to plants. So plant names. And the ideas behind plant names mm-hmm. and how plants are named and grouped. And then we're going to play a guessing game. Yeah, we need a better name for it than the guessing game. Mm. I couldn't think of anything funny. Uh, the only thing that comes to mind is like, guess that plant. Oh, I like it. I like the energy too with the <laughs> fist pumping. Right, exactly. All right, let's do that. It'll okay. be like an audience participation thing. Everybody ready? Guess, guess that, that plant. plant. All right, that's what we'll do. <laughs> okay. All right, where are we starting? Okay, so I just want to talk about... Where the word plant came from. All right. It's an old English word, which um, plantae, so P-L-A-N-T-E, and then that was derived from a Latin origin, which was planta, P-L-A-N-T-A, which means sprout or cutting. And then uh, the, the final like plant word was also influenced by the French Plantaire, probably pronouncing that wrong, but that's okay. That sounds French. Yeah, it does sound French, right? And that means to plant or fix in place. So to to like plant it into the ground. I like that the old English word has an E at the end. Yeah, we're just like, Like, forget the E. Like any ye old English word, you just throw an Mm -hmm. E at the end. Mm -hmm. But so plant is such a broad word. Like it means so many things. Yeah. But today we're talking about latin names specifically and how plants are identified and named so how are plants identified and named well there is a binomial system which means they have two names yes uh created by a botanist called carl linnaeus he's really famous he made this system so the first name is considered the genus name Mm -hmm. and so just an example for roses the genus name is rosa so super, usually they're pretty, it's like kind of like common sense, like you would know what it is if you just thought about it for a little bit. Yeah. But sometimes it gets tricky. And then the second name is the species name, and that is specific to that exact plant. Like, so there's this big, broad family, Rosa, and then there's the specific one it is. Okay. And I'm going to, I have an interesting fact Hold on one sec. Okay, I'm ready. I lost it. Damn it. Do, 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 Cut do, this part do. out. Hang on. We'll put you on hold. Okay, we will come back to the peach information. But so, okay. Wait, Part- the peach information? I didn't tell you it was about peaches, but oh, we're going to come your back fun to fact? it. Yeah. Okay. So we have these two names and you're thinking, well, who gets to decide these names? So there's all of these like old timey botanists who were in charge of naming these plants based on their families and um, their leaf shape and all this good stuff. But there is an international uh, code of nomenclature. So there is a guideline that is accepted by all countries. And so if you were to go out and discover a plant, 
you would name it according to these guidelines. You would actually have to present it to the uh, to the committee, but and they and do is the committee specific to naming or do they verify that it's actually a new plant that no one else has found? There's a good chance that it's not a new plant. Of course, so yeah. like most people, but they people will come to the committee and say, "Hey, I think we should organize the book this way instead." Oh, okay. But so it started out as the um, International Rules of Botanical Nomenclature. That was hella a long time ago. <laughs> or probably like in the 1800s. That's and not a hella long time ago. That was a long time ago. The 1800s? Long enough for me. I'm thinking, you know, ancient Greece. Okay. So, well, I guess, yeah, I could see that. Like that would be yeah, hella a yeah. long time ago, right? But like categorizing it specifically to names and stuff like that and classification. Okay. I suppose that could be more modern. Okay, and then it went turned to the International Code of Botanical Nomenclatures, and now it sits at the International Code of Nomenclature for Algae, Fungi, and Plants. So that's where we're sitting at right now. That's the name of the of the code, like of conduct of oh, naming okay. plants. So it's kind of like this huge book. It's accepted by people of the world. Mm-hmm. All, all the, the countries. Yeah, all the countries come together. And and if you want, so if something were to be suggested to change in the code, um, it can only be changed by the Inter- International Botanical Congress. And the first meeting for this International Botanical Congress was in Brussels in 1846. Um, they did have a meeting in Canada that happens every, It's this like meeting is held every six years. And there was one in Canada in Montreal in 1959. And then there was two in the U.S., but basically they changed the spot every time. Every six years. Yeah. Or every meeting, which mm-hmm. is every six years. And they were in Seattle in 1969. And that was the most recent one around here? Uh, that was, that might have been the most recent one in the U.S. Okay. But I don't know when the last one was. And so basically what I was looking at, every year they decide if they want to change something or if they want to put a name on like a new science of study mm. or organize the plants differently, put them under um, a different family, stuff like that. So this stuff is always changing or can always be changing. Yeah, you it's can always, you can present something. It's just like a coalition of scientists and different types of botanists come together and make agreements or make adjustments on things like that. Is it like open to the public? I don't know, but I was like, I don't want to like present anything, but I just want to come to. This yeah, meeting. I feel like it would be interesting to watch. Like or make, just listen. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to become a botanist. You could be a great botanist. It could be one day. Cat I've, the I've, bot. I've been, <laughs> I've been saying that since we met. Okay. But you don't want to go into botany. It's just a lot of science. <laughs> a lot of work. Right. <laughs> you could do it. Okay, so I was while I was reading up on you know naming of plants. I found this really interesting thing I read on the Purdue website. Perchance, is this related to peaches? It is. Oh, no way. How did yeah, I know how that? How would you know? <laughs> okay, so I'm reading directly from the Purdue website. Just okay. want to be disclosed that, yep. that I didn't write any of no, this. No, that's okay. Okay, but in nature, sometimes a particular species that is subjected to a unique growing condition might eventually produce a variant from that species that reprodu- reproduces itself. So, for instance, the species we call peach, Prunus persia, persiaca, normally produces a fruit that is quite fuzzy on the outside of the skin. So, Prunus persiaca, if that's how you say it, that's that's a peach. Yes. That's what we know as a peach. Those are its botanical names. 
so forth. But at some point, the species was found to have produced a few offspring trees whose fruit had very smooth skin. So there was a growing condition where, you know, you take a regular peach tree and it has something, some type of outside influence and it produces a peach with soft skin. Botanists call this a variety of the normal species. The smooth skin is skin peach is commonly known as a nectarine. Oh, that's a fun fact. Yeah. But botanists, botanically, it's known as Prunus perseus variety nectar persia. So we have the same botanical name or the same Latin name, but we have a different variety. So right. that's just another set of classification. So we commonly know them as two different things, but scientifically they're the same with a minor deviation. Yeah. So it's so funny because I like to eat nectarines, but I don't really like peaches. I f- feel like I'm the opposite. You like But pe- it's, it's also been so long since I've eaten either one mm-hmm. to really say. I know I like peach flavored things though. That's not the same. I know it's not the same, but I don't know if I like nectarine. Prunus variety peach milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fuzzy sour peach candies. Ooh, yum. Yes. Or peach tea. Oh, love peach tea. Me too. So we have genus name, species name, and then variety. Variety name. And that's kind of the classifications we're going to be talking about today. Also, it's common in nurseries or like in the nursery industry for growers to create all these different variations. So you think if we man-made the nectarine, it would be the like appeal of that would be not fuzzy or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we do, they do this, they make new varieties by manipulating the growing environment. There's different cultivation techniques and types of hybridization that you can do. And these variations are called cultivars or cultivated varieties. So you think, why mess with a good thing? A lot of, of people or growers do they like manipulate things so that you can have bigger fruits stuff that takes less care things that are disease resistant get a better result they make things smaller so you can grow them on a patio so that's why we have variations from things that happen in nature i think a lot of fruit these days have been modified to grow larger yeah and more i don't know perfect looking Mm mm-hmm you know, more appealing and anything that doesn't fall under those characteristics just gets tossed to the side, even though it's, it's just as good. Right. So I just think it's funny how we just mess with things. We're always messing with things. I know we're the worst as a human, (laughs) the human population. (laughs) These, uh, cultivars or varieties, Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily man-made though. Like the nectarine was naturally occurring. Yeah, exactly. So there's just like, variations in what you can produce do you know any other off the top of your head not off the top of my head but that one really stuck out to me because i didn't realize that they were the practically the same thing growing from the same tree just well i feel like most people don't realize that i know that's pretty cool i separated them completely in my head (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of the basic rundown so we got botanical names we got variations from those names and so forth and we have a committee that takes care of keeping things in track intact well with that in mind let's get started let's dive right in okay okay so what we've done is we've each picked out three of our favorite plants Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to discuss the naming and the origins can i jump in there for a sec sure these are not my favorite plants i'm just going to disclaim that right now. oh i thought that was what we did i picked out three plants that i think would be very interesting oh and i picked what i I thought i was going to pick my three favorites that 
ended up being harder you'll, than expected. You'll understand why I said that in a little bit. Oh, okay, good to know. Uh, but we're going to handle it a little differently. Okay. Um, since I know nothing, Cat uh, is just going to explain these things to me, and I'll jump in if I have any questions. Mm-hmm. But because she knows everything, I'm That's- going to give her the Latin names of my three, and she's going to have to guess what they are. I would also like to jump in and say I don't know everything. <laughs> I would like to jump back in and say, I think you know everything. Okay, let's go. All right. Uh, full disclosure, two of my three, I don't know how to pronounce. I've had to get phonetic spelling uh, <laughs> for both of them, and I'm still probably going to get it wrong. So my first favorite plant is native to tropical and subtropical climates. Okay. It has been around from the late Cretaceous period to modern times so about 80 million years what does cretaceous mean it's an era of time okay cretaceous jurassic mesozoic oh okay back on board so the late cretaceous period to recent Mm -hmm. is about 80 million years that's amazing it must be hardy there is uh 2600 known species holy fuck (laughs) and the uh the scientific name okay uh is pronounced Arcaceae. Arcaceae? Yeah, that's, that looks more like how it's spelled as opposed to the phonetic. I believe the ending you always say ACA when it's A C E A or whatever. A- oh, God, it's so hard. Uh, so you're right. And that. Arcaceae? Yeah. Oh, damn. The ending is a common ending for yeah. scientific names of plants, yeah. and it's uh, Latin for resembling. Oh. Yeah. Well, damn, you got you me there. Learned something new today, didn't you? Okay, Arik. So the first half is uh, pronounced Areca. Areca. Yeah, or Arike. Areca. I need. I need more. Do you have any more? Uh, is derived from Portuguese um, via Malayalam, which is in the Indian state of Kerala. Kerala. Uh-huh. Um, is it edible? And is named after a nut called the Areca nut. But I cannot tell you what that means without giving it away. Does it produce something that's edible? It produces something that's edible. I have some more facts here I can give you. Um, it's a perennial, which I was told means that it lives for more than two years. Okay. Uh, it has evergreen leaves. And I've written down here that that means leaves all year, baby. <laughs> it's forever green. Um, oh, what else can I say from these facts that wouldn't give it away? It has been threatened by human intervention and exploitation, primarily the destruction of its habitat. And it is associated in modern times with luxury and paradise. Wow, you really... Is it the macadamia nut? It is not. Oh, I was so excited. I really thought that was it. I would say not even close. Not even close? No, it's a palm tree. Oh! Yeah. Weird. I would... For some reason, like, I think, like, the word palm would be in it, like, palmate. Well, um, the areca nut is fruit of the palm. Mm. So, if I had said that, I think you would have got palm tree I would, right yeah. away. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, it's associated with luxury and paradise in modern times. Yeah. Um, and in pre-Christian times, the palm branch was a symbol of triumph and victory. Wow, they really just put in meaning to anything there. <laughs> uh, the Romans rewarded champions of the games and su- and celebrated military successes with palm branches. Okay. 
early Christians used the palm branch to symbolize uh, the victory of the faithful over enemies of the soul. And in Judaism, Judaism, uh, the palm represents peace and plenty. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's very, very wholesome. You got me. I'm mad that I didn't get that. I'm happy you didn't get it. <laughs> I wish I we had a sound effect I could play right now. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Can you guess what my favorite? I, I'm not sure if it would be a species or okay. a variety, uh, but can you guess what my favorite palm is? Hmm. Actually, I can give you the uh, the scientific name. Let me hear it. Ravinia rivularis. Holy, f- mm, I don't know. It's native to Madagascar. Do you have the common name? I do. Okay. But that's what I want you to guess. Um, Sago palm. No. Oh, I tried so, really hard. Native to Madagascar, as I said, and as of a 2010 study, there was only 900 of them alive in the wow. wild. Wow. So it's and endangered. I hope it's changed since then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, people can keep it in pots in their house. I did used to have one in my house. Oh, is it like a bamboo palm? Majesty palm. Majesty palm. Yeah. Okay. Also known as majestic palm. Okay. Um, so. I feel like it's very, a very common house palm. It is. Yeah. But in its natural state, it can grow 98 feet tall. Wow. I know. Can you imagine how. It's so pretty. Majestic that would look. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my favorite. I used to have one in my office and mm-hmm. it sat behind my desk and. It was honestly such a treat to sit there every day and see it in mm-hmm. my eyeline. I miss it a lot. I know. Sometimes I just stare at my houseplants. I'm like, I feel it. I killed the poor baby. That's okay. I kept it alive for eight months, though. That's very good. Which I think is pretty good for me yeah. as someone who, you know, always kills plants. Right. Uh, but that's what I was hoping to find when we were at the nursery today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to say it out loud uh, because of this. Like, I wanted oh. to keep this whole thing a secret. <laughs> yeah, we did get Brady a new houseplant. And it was a palm. I know. I think. It was no. A, it was, it's no. Not, it's a Dracaena cane, which is just a different type of house plant. It was a cane tree, but I don't think it was that cane tree. I oh. thought it started with an F. Oh, no. I don't think so. I can't remember because the, the lady took the sticker. I know. I don't know why she did that. But that's okay. So... You're 0 for 1. Yeah, I know. How are you feeling? Pretty pissed. <laughs> Would you like me to keep going with mine? Yes. Or do you want to jump in with one of yours? No, I want you to keep going. You want me to keep going with yeah. mine? Yeah. Okay, this one is even harder for me to pronounce. <laughs> um, and it's not the it's not the plant I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, but I was having trouble finding the scientific name of the one I wanted Yeah. and ended up showing it to you okay. and then giving it away and oh, you yeah. pointed out how to find it. So this one is pronounced Nymphiaceae. Oh, that's so familiar. Okay, give me the details. All right, so 70 known species Okay. for this one, only 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lives in temperate and tropical climates. Oh. Also from the early Cretaceous period to yeah. recent. So it's been around a while. Yeah, it hangs out. Um, but interestingly, only 70 known species yeah. as opposed to the 2,600 of the palm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an aquatic rhizomatous herb. Is that how you pronounce that? Rhizome. Rhizome. Rhizomatous. I don't, I don't have to um, look at the word. It just means that it's, it has a plant stem that's subterranean. Oh, okay. So underwater. Yeah. 
So it's a water plant. Uh, is rooted in soil and bodies of water uh, with leaves and flowers floating on or emergent from the surface. Okay. And it has also escaped cultivation and become invasive in some areas, such as the San Joaquin Valley in California. Oh, okay. Can you say the word again? <laughs> I can try. <laughs> Nymphiaceae. Nymphiaceae. So that's the family. Yeah. So again, ACA is Latin suffix, which is forming the names of families of plants. Yes. Names resembling. Um, but nymphiae uh, is uh, a Latin word that comes from original Greek. And okay. it means a grotto or sprine dedicated to a nymph or nymphs, which are, it says, myth- mythological spirit of nature imagined as a beautiful maiden inhabiting rivers, woods, or other locations. That gives me no clue. Is it a water lily? It is exactly a water lily. Really? Holy shit. Well done. <laughs> now I wish we had an air horn sound effect. No, I'm just trying to think of like areas that I've water, like ponds and lakes that I've seen that have been like infested with things yeah. or like overtaken. And that just makes me think of like lily pads. And then yeah, you said lily it pads produces, is what I was thinking yeah, of too. It produces yeah. a flower. Yeah. I'm impressed you got it. Yay. I'm also very proud of you. But see, I knew you knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you guess my favorite species of water lily? Oh, is it favorite because of the color or is it favorite because of the name or why is uh, it your favorite? It's the look. It's, it's the primarily look. the look. I don't know. I, I, I have a, I, so this one's multiple choice. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, Lay it on me. Yeah. So I have, uh, I'll give you the uh, scientific names. Okay. But I don't have any facts about them to help you guess. That's okay. Okay. Actually, I have a fact about uh, two of the three. Okay. Okay. So the first one, uh, Nymphiae on Diniae. Okay. That, I have no facts about that one. <laughs> uh, the second one, Victoria Amazonica, okay. which is the national flower of Guyana. Oh. Appears on their flag. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then the third one is just uh, Nymphiae. Yeah. And my fact is that it has cosmopolitan distribution, which means it's worldwide. Oh, I'm going to say it's the second one. Victoria Amazonica? Yeah. You would be close. Aw. But it was uh, the Nymphiae, which is actually known as the Peach Glow. It, it was, it's, I bet I know. I think I know exactly which one it looks like. It's, I've got a photo for you. It's just really beautiful, subtle color. Back to the peaches. Yes, back to the... I didn't want to say it ties into something we said earlier. <laughs> well, I have to say, I have, to, I have something to say about a flag later on, too. Oh, we are just so so In intertwined things? today. Guys, we prepped this podcast at a coffee shop. Boom. For the first time, we prepped together. And it felt really good. Yeah. Look at this beautiful yep, flower. I know. It's just so symmetrical and perfect. We've sold it before. It's Have you? Rid- it's so gorgeous. Every time it blooms, someone buys it because it's just so stunning. And you don't really, you don't need a pond. You can have an artificial pond. That's good to know because I would like to have one. It's just like a tub. You just put it in a tub. Honestly, I, I had to do a bit of... Uh, a bit of digging around to find what I would consider my favorite water lily. Mm-hmm. The plant I wanted to do instead of water lily was the tiger lily. Yeah. Um, but that's the one I gave away to you because I couldn't find yeah. the mm-hmm. name of it. Um, but yeah, that would be my second one. I'm very proud that you got it. Thank you. Now you, got, you have to keep in mind that I like water lilies because, you know, 
Christmas is coming up, and uh, I'm not gonna find a water val- lily. It's Valentine's Day and <laughs> birthday. They don't do cut flowers for water lilies. Well, we're gonna. How have to about get them started. you get a water lily tattoo? On you know board, I do that. Episode ten, live from the tattoo Br- shop. Brady gets a tattoo. Welcome back to tremendous episode about plant tattoos. I'd do that. Okay. You know I do that. I think I, you wouldn't. Oh, is this a challenge? Let's see who gets it done first. Okay. It's on. Okay. On to the next. All right. My third and final one. <laughs> okay. I believe I'm gonna you. I'm going to give facts first because I think okay. you're going to get it as soon as I say the scientific name. Okay. All right. So this plant has, uh, it was domesticated approximately 7,000 to 10,000 years ago in oh. present day Southern Peru. Okay. So it's a very modern plant. Peruvian hot pepper. No. Okay. What is that from? I don't know. <laughs> it's from something. <laughs> I also have more facts that we can go through before you need to start guessing. Um, so uh, domesticated seven to 10,000 years ago. It was brought to Europe in the 16th century by the Spanish. And following a millennia of selective breeding, there is now over a thousand different types and about 5,000 varieties wow. of this plant. So we've been fucking around with it for a while. We have been fucking around with it. And you'll know why. Uh, it is a herbaceous perennial that can grow about 60 centimeters high. Okay. It gets cross-pollinated by insects such as bumblebees. And after flowering, the plant produces small fruits that resemble green cherry tomatoes. And each one contains about 300 seeds. Tomatillo. That's a pepper, right? No, that's like a tomato, but not really. It's like people they make salsa out of it. Oh, no. I'll give you the uh, the scientific name now. Okay. Solanum tuberosum. Solanum tuberosa? Tuberosum. Tuberosum. I wish I had like written these down large so you can see the scientific names. Yeah. Solanum. So like the sun. Sunflower. It's not a sunflower, but that's oh. a very good guess. So I like how you worked out the science <laughs> behind the naming. <laughs> so, okay. We've had it for a while. Yeah. We have lots of varieties of it. Oh, yeah. Because we've crossed it. Oh, yeah. Is it edible? It, oh, it's very edible. Okay. It's not jalapeno? No. Okay. It's not a pepper. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm on the pepper train. It, so you said it produces a lot of seeds. Uh, it produces small fruits that produce a lot of seeds. Small fruits that produce a lot of seeds. Can I get a color? Commonly, I'd say brown. Brown. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. The, um, the common name has roots in Spanish um, and a Caribbean language known as Taino and a South American Peruvian language known as Quechua. And the roots for the common word are papa and batata. The potato? It's the potato. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. We love oh. potatoes. When you said brown, I was like, potato. But I was like, no, it wouldn't be potato. Oh, you should have blurred it out. Oh, darn it. Yeah, the common name comes from the Spanish word patata, which comes from papa and batata. We have messed with potatoes a lot. A lot. But they're so versatile. I know. Oh, my God. I know. They're so cool. And, oh, that makes... Potato. Potatoes are the best. Yeah. Growing potatoes are really fun, too, because that's tuberosa, tuberous. 
potatoes are tubers. tubers. Yeah. Oh my god, I missed it. I thought I was like, I first second I was like, okay, tuberosa. That means it has like tuberous root system. I guess I should have went with that thought train a little bit more. It's okay. I appreciated the sunflower pole. Yeah. I don't. Mm. We used to have a garden growing up. I can't remember mm. how long we had it for, but we grew potatoes and tomatoes and a bunch of other things. But I grew pota- fresh potatoes, man. I grew potatoes once. It was very rewarding. Fresh potatoes just hit different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No. When you like. Okay. So like the plant grows above ground, but all the tubers are, are produced. Yeah. They're yeah. produced. And so when you go, you like pop the shovel in and you like anchor it up. And then yeah. all these like p- potatoes come like out and you got to kind of dig for the loose ones. Yeah. They're so fun. Yeah. I remember growing and. um I guess cultivating them. Is that what it's called when you pull them out? Harvesting. Harvesting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That, that is the right word. Yes. Um, but I don't remember uh, the the low green cherry tomato looking fruits. Well, you know, I bet it's when. Um, so it grows like the leaves and the stems above mm-hmm. ground. And then it gets to a certain point where it could flower. And then that's when it's pollinated. And that's when. The, oh, okay. So we probably harvested before yeah. I had the chance to flower. And usually when you harvest those root veggies, when the foliage starts to go yellow. So I don't know when the, um, at what point the flower comes along. Mm, I should have looked more into that. No, no, you did good. I, I was just, I was just really excited for potatoes. I'm not going to lie. You've impressed me so far. Thank you so much. I, I had so much fun. I've learned so much about potatoes now. <laughs> Okay. Don't even do that. <laughs> so, so that's my three. Yeah. You good got two job. of them. You passed. Yeah. I'm proud of you. So we're going to move on to mine. All right. But mine's not going to be a guessing game for Brady. I'm just going to be talking about plants. Well, let me try to guess. Okay. You know, I learned some things about scientific names okay. today. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see. All right. <laughs> okay. The first one. Yeah. Uh, euphorbia. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce the second part right. Milli, M I L I I, Milli. I'd say Milli or Milli. So Euphorbia Milli. Are right, you gonna have to give us some facts about this? Okay, and so it's part of the Euphorbiaceae family, which is a really broad family. Aca, fam- yeah, yeah, Aca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, what I I actually learned about Euphorbias early on working at the nursery because all of a sudden I swear I was like ringing things up, many different types of plants up. That are all have the name Euphorbia. Uh, that's when I learned that it's just a really big family. There's plants outside that have the name Euphorbia. There's indoor plants that have the name Euphorbia. Mm-hmm. And basically that group is characterized as they produce a white sappy substance that is, it can be uh, make your skin tingle. It can be harmful to cats. Um, so a poinsettia is a Euphorbia, but that's okay. not my plant. Um, okay. That's it's, very good information. Can you give me some uh, some more facts? Yeah. So... It is native to Madagascar. <gasps> yep. Named after Bernard Milia, Mil, Milius, M-L, oh my God, M-I-L-I-U-S, Milius, and is introduced to France in 1821. And that's all the facts I have before I can give it away. I have no idea, but did I mention that the Majesty Palm is also native to Madagascar? I believe you did. Look at all. We're just on the same page you love to see it yes you do <laughs> look at us huh <laughs> look at us who'd ever thought we'd get here 
Okay, so the plant that just cut me off. No, no. Oh, wait, wait. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) I missed the joke. That's okay. You're you're excited about your plant. I have no idea what it is. Okay, that's okay. It's called Crown of Thorns. We fucking looked at it today. Yes, we did. Oh my god. So we were in a nursery today, and I was like, Brady, I want you to just look at this name and just think about it. And then I walked away. Yeah, and I looked at it. I was like, Crown of. Okay, that sounds kind of badass. And then I just walked away. Yeah, it kind of looks like a cactus. Yeah. Um. I would have thought it was a cactus. It does produce the little sap thing that I talked about. Yeah. And um, there's like legend associates it with the crown of thorns that was worn by Jesus. Jesus wore a crown of thorns? Yes, he did. Did you see that that one movie with what's-his-face in it? Mel Gibson? No. Passion of the Christ? Yeah, that's the one. No, but somebody talked to me about that movie the other day, and I was so lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think he's just wearing like a thorny crown. But yeah, this is this uh, common houseplant, crown of thorns. It's a euphorbia, produces the funky sap. It was a very nice-looking plant. Yeah, it was pretty. It It was like dark in color, right? It wasn't... Like a green cactus. So there's a few variations of it. Because I think the um, one we saw was kind of like dark red. It was like a dark purple. But oh, dark purple. There's yeah, yeah. one that has like gray stems and then green leaves and then it produces flowers and that's what they're. A gray stem? Yeah. Kind oh, of like that sounds cool. Ghosty white. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So crown of thorns. Oh, I'm so excited about my next one. Do I have a chance at getting this one? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh my God, your face. You're so excited. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this word right. Just do your best. I, I, I shit the bed on mine. No, you did pretty good. Okay, this one is Acer Sacrarium. Sacrarium? S-A-C-C-H-A-R-U-M. Can you spell the whole thing? Acer. A, don't, you can't Google I'm it. I'm not going to Google it. Okay, I'm yeah. just going to actually hang on. I'm just going to like Type write it. it down so I can read it. Hang okay. on, hang on, hang on. All right, hit me. A C E R. Yeah. Space. S A C C H A R U M. Acer Sacarum. Okay, let's just do that. That's how I'd say it. Oh my god, all my tips are gonna give it away. G- okay, give me the least give it away first. Okay, let's see. So, um, it's known for its bright fo- fall foliage. Uh, it's colors unevenly so you know when you see a tree that's green yellow and red yeah and what that's my favorite it's one of them yeah it's one of those ombre bitches <laughs> how how do any of these give it away those are, my, these are my ones that least give oh, it okay, away okay okay so it's known for the fall foliage but that's not the one thing that's mostly known for okay um it's on a flag one of its leaves are on a flag is it a maple leaf Oh, yes. <laughs> but, okay. But it's not just a maple leaf. So, Acer Sac... How do you say it again? Uh, Acer Sacarum is how I would say it. Okay. So, Acer Sacarum, which is commonly known as the sugar maple or the rock maple, uh, native to the hardwood forest of eastern Canada, and it also dips into the U.S. And so, it's known for its really pretty fall foliage, it's also known for its maple syrup. Mm. It can grow up to 120 feet, but most of them don't get that height. So, you know, really showy. Um, it's So 
there is a, the so it's supposed to be maple leaf on the Canadian flag. Yeah. But I read that it's not supposed it has a specific outline that's not identifiable. So it's not really supposed to be yeah, any it's specific. It's very abstracted. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's dulled. <laughs> very minimalism design. In. Yes. So you can't. Um, very timeless. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, sugar maple leaf. Um. So this tree produces the sweetest and the least cloudy syrup. So there are other maples that produce uh, syrup, but this one's the best. Of course. And can I? Can you guess how many gallons of sap the tree needs? They need to take from the tree to produce one gallon of syrup. And the tree is a hundred feet tall. Well, just how many? So what they do is they harvest the syrup, or no, they harvest the sap from the tree, and then they boil it down, and so all the water evaporates, and you're left with maple syrup. But how many gallons of sap do you have to boil to get to one gallon one, of syrup? One gallon of syrup. Can I explain its price a little bit? Hundred and twenty-seven. It's forty. Fuck. But that's I, still I, a lot. I was gonna say forty-two as my first guess. Is that and then a lost I thought, number? Yes. That's not why I was going to say it. Um, but I was thinking 42 and I was like, no, it's either something way less or something way more. So then I was like 17 or 127. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like you wonder why it's so expensive. It's I mean, maybe it's expensive down there. No. Well, you know what I mean? Like, so there's like maple syrup that's like $10 a bottle and then there's maple syrup that's a dollar a bottle. Well, yeah, well, because the dollar a bottle stuff isn't actually maple syrup. Exactly. It's just syrup that's maple flavored. It's, yeah, exactly. So, like, you have to pay for the good stuff if yeah. you want the real stuff. Yeah. And so, back to um, the nomenclature and stuff like that. So, I said acer. Mm-hmm. The Latin word for acer in Latin means sharp. And so, they're talking about the leaves. Oh, okay. Like the shape, kind of like the shape of the leaves. And then the saccharum, the word I can pronounce, means sugar in Latin. So sharp sugar? Yeah, sharp sugar. And the saccharum is, um, the genus is, um, it's a genus. Redo that. <laughs> uh, saccharum is also the genus name of sugar cane. Oh. So they're naming things based on their characteristics. So that's when I say, oh, it's kind of like common sense. Like you can kind of feel it out to try to guess what the plant is. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. See, I told you I had another flag fact. <laughs> Okay. I like your flag fact better than my flag fact. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm biased. I'm ready to move on to the third one. Yeah, you look even more excited for this one. Well, you remember when I said that these aren't my favorite plants? Yes. Okay, I'll give you the family name. Is this one one of your favorites? No. Or is this hard, like firmly not one of your favorites? I do not endorse this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it marijuana? Uh, the family name is Cannabaceae. Yeah, it's marijuana. It is. <laughs> so I had my specific. <laughs> I, I got that before you said anything <laughs> about it. This, uh, I don't care if you smoke weed. I just, I'm not saying it's my favorite plant. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I remember we were sitting in the coffee shop and I glanced over and you had the word sativa written down. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> don't you be looking at my notes. <laughs> you First of all, I wasn't looking. It was there in the open. And you also got up and walked out of the coffee shop with your phone still on and your notes still open on the table. So, <laughs> Yeah. So today we're talking about cannabis sativa. Is that how you say it? 
Yeah, yes, sativa. Okay. I, feel, I feel people are like, oh, do you smoke indica or sativa? Yeah, people do say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's native to Eastern Asia. Uh, people use it for, uh, people harvest it for industrial fiber, seed oil. It's used as food, recreation, religious, and spiritual medicine. So basically every part of the plant is harvested. Yeah, I'm also not a fan of it, but you can't deny it has incredible healing properties. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so effective for what people need to use it for. I know. I love it. I, I feel like <laughs> but you don't endorse it. I'm not endorsing it, but I love it. <laughs> um, so each part. Okay. So it was discovered by that guy who did the nomenclature, the, the botanist Carl, in 1753. And Carl's considered the father, father of modern taxon taxonomy so the for like plant taxonomy yeah because taxonomy is very broad you can apply a taxonomy mm-hmm. to anything so we have cannabis the yeah. genus name and then um oh wait hold on one sec yeah so cannabis <laughs> is the genus name and then sativa is the species name and sativa means things that are cultivated oh and like one of the first uh, recordings of cannabis, it was in 1548. It com- like it was defined as common hemp. 1548. Yeah. Didn't you say it was discovered in 17 something? Oh. Whoops. Because when you said that, I was gonna say that that's quite modern, and I feel like it's been around longer. I feel like it got this. It, okay, it got the cannabis sativa name in 17 the oh 1700s. maybe it was just like categorized and named yeah but okay. way back then it was just called common hemp okay and then that word is greek cannabis um it's derived from the word cannabis but it's spelled with a k which is just where the word comes from well there's also i don't know what <laughs> the word i'm thinking of is particles but that's not the right word um <laughs> but maybe receptors in your body called cannabinoids. And that's yeah. what the cannabis reacts with. And that's how it applies. It's healing. So we properties. have ca- cannabinoids inside of us. Yes. And everybody it, does. And it's also in the plant. Uh, I don't know if it's in the plant or if the plant just knows how to interact with the cannabinoids. So we have the power to heal ourselves. And I also don't know if cannabinoids are named after the plant or if the plant is named after the cannabinoids, but I, I imagine it's one of the two. I'm not sure. I would I would think that one is named after the other. I think um cannabis is it was the name was derived from canvas. Like using the fibers. Oh, like a hemp canvas. Yeah. Was, yeah, mm-hmm. which is still common today. Mhm. So it was funny when I was like researching this, I was thinking, what if the information I'm reading is false because you know, like cannabis isn't legal everywhere in the u.s yeah so what's what about it the information about it online is you know it can, it can be, be like controlled yeah, or censored yeah so it's like you know it's weird like people who have marijuana shops like they can't have a regular bank account because it's all the banks are regulated by federal law and oh stuff right like that. and the cannabis laws are all uh state yeah as opposed to federal so like smaller banks wouldn't be able to open up an account for your business because right it's against the the law still which is so dumb. Well, if any of this is incorrect, feel free to fact check us. Oh yeah, come on. Because I'm certainly no expert. Fact check us and be mean about it. Well, don't be too mean. 
Yeah, that's what I got for my three plants. Wow, I guessed two out of three. That's good. Go me. Let's See? do it. I told you this podcast is working. I'm learning things. Me too. <laughs> it's nothing like sitting in the cafe and researching how to grow cannabis. <laughs> you fit right in in I know. northern Washington. I know. <laughs> okay, that's what we got for uh, this episode on naming your plants. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh my God, I'm, I'm sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. This was a segment I was not included in. I... Uh, thought of a fun little segment I could do. Did not have time to think of a clever name for it. Name that plant. Oh, name that plant. Right, we talked about do, this do, in the in do. the beginning. Um, so basically, I uh, I just wanted to go over some uh, not famous, but some more well known things that have been named after plants. Okay, so we're done naming naming the plants. Now we're going on to the things that are named after them. So yeah, I started out with a few kind of dopey ones and they got really deep on one of them so we're kind of go around gonna go through all the little ones yeah and then jump on the big one at the end um so uh have you seen or read the hunger games i've seen the hunger games did you know that katniss is named after a plant no what plant the katniss plant (laughs) uh i imagine it's uh called the katniss plant in some form but the scientific name is Sagittaria, and the common name for it is the arrowhead. Oh, and she's an archer. Oh, okay, damn, she really thought right? about that when she was writing it. Yeah, I don't know if it's a female au- female author, but I think it's a female author. Okay. I haven't read the books; I've only seen the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you familiar with Harry Potter? You betcha. So Harry's mother, Lily. Yeah. Uh, meaning purity and death. Oh. Is what lilies are symbolic of. Oh, my God. That's why they have them at funerals all the time. And his aunt, Petunia. Oh, my God. I never realized how many flower names there are. Known for resentment. Oh, I didn't know that. It's on brand for the character, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to admit. Yeah. Oh. Doing this, I was really surprised. There's like a whole section dedicated to uh, people named after plants in uh, uh, film, literature, TV. Um, because there's so much meaning assigned to plants. And you can apply that meaning to the character. Yeah. Um, I'd be I, willing to name my kids after plants. I stopped at those ones. Otherwise, this whole section could have been yeah. TV character, oh, movie character yeah. names. Um, in World War One and World War Two, the Royal Navy had a class of ships that were all named after flowers. Uh, and they could be built quickly to escort convoys. Okay. Uh, in World War One, there was 120 of them wow and in world war ii there is 267 ships ships named after flowers named after flowers that's cool however i could not find a definitive list oh and i feel like with over 300 total you could probably just assign any flower name rose rose it's probably and i feel like the most famous plant named ship in the world is the mayflower but i don't know if mayflower is an actual plant or if it just has flower in the word maybe yeah um, but that was the ship that brought uh, the pilgrims to New York when they landed in the US and came to the new world yeah the next one I had is the fleur de lis okay 
Uh, I don't know if you recognize it by name, mm-hmm. um, but it's a, a symbol commonly associated with France. Yes. Um, France uh, Navy, the Royal Arms of France, uh, French nobility. Okay. Um, you'll also see it in places like Quebec in Canada yeah. or St. Louis or Louisiana mm-hmm. in the United States. Where they have French influence. Yeah. Lo- ma- big French influence. Yeah. And Quebec is just a French speaking yeah, yeah. Um, place. Uh, but fleur de lis is French for flower of the lily. Oh, and I learned in my research that the shape is actually an abstracted lily. Okay, if you go back to the original shape, it was designed after what a lily looks like. Oh wow, you're really you you're doing a great job, Brady. (laughs) I had no idea about this. I have uh, two more place related ones. Okay, Um, this one is a bit of a stretch, but the Champs Elysees. In Paris, okay. which is like the really famous road in Paris, at least to mm-hmm. the Arc de Triomphe, okay. which is the, the really famous arch yeah. in Paris. And that is named after uh, the Elysian Fields, um, which in Greek mythology is the paradise for all the dead heroes. And I don't know if it's strictly plant related, but it does say fields mm-hmm. and I wanted to include it. Okay. I accept. Um, and the last one I added to the list before we dive into the the really big one is Birch Bay, Washington. What? Which is where you live. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Birch tree. There's birch trees everywhere. Yeah. I didn't even have this written down until we were driving home from the coffee shop. And I saw Birch Bay signs everywhere. And I was like, the birch is a fucking tree. Yeah. No, there's native birch in that area. I've seen it. Are they indigenous to the area? They probably are. Yeah. I'm not going to say for sure because I don't know everything, but... Yeah, I, don't, I didn't have time to research it because I, I put it on the list as we were driving. Yeah, well, a lot of places are like that where it's just related to what's around it. Yeah. Which is cool. Uh, which leads us to the big one. Okay. I have a lot of research. For, or not a lot of research, but a lot of notes written down. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, and I told you this earlier, but did you know that most of the streets in downtown Philadelphia are named florally? I did know. And you know why? Tell me why. Because I have a friend who lives in Philly. Oh, well, I knew that, but I thought you had like a more no, and fun answer. Well, when she was helping me navigate, she was explaining to me that Philly is kind of like a grid. So just like, it, it is. Uh, I don't know if it still is, but yeah. I saw in my research for this, uh, the original design for Philly was a perfect grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the center, they had a large kind of field. Um, okay. We'll get into a little bit. Um, but yeah, most of the streets in downtown are named after plants. Yeah. And so she told me it's really easy to navigate. You think of it as a grid. Yeah. One way is numbers and then the, and other, the other way is plants. And she said most of it was tree names, which was really easy for me to get onto. Uh, so I have uh, them written down here. Okay. I don't know if it's all of them, but it's yeah. a lot of them. Um, pine. Pine. Yeah. Spruce. Mm-hmm. Locust. Mm-hmm. Is that a tree? Yeah. Uh, walnut. Yep. Chestnut. Mm-hmm. Filbert. Yes. Never These heard are all of Filbert. Tre- they're all trees. Uh, vine, obviously. Yeah. Wood. Oh, okay. Buttonwood. Hmm. Nectarine. Oh God. Not a tree, not- but it ties back. <laughs> it was a full circle. Um, South Street. Nectarines come from a tree. Yeah, they come from a tree, but they're not. Not a, a tree. tree. Yeah. Uh, South Street was originally Cedar Street. Oh. When William Penn did his original city mm. design. Okay. Um, and Arch and Race Streets were originally Mulberry and Sassafras. Oh, wow. I didn't know Sassafras was a tree. I don't I, didn't, I don't know if it is. I thought it was something else. I don't know. 
We don't know everything. And I don't know if it's even plant related, but it just it came is. up as part I, of the notes. I've heard of saxifrage. I'm, I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, so I think you're pronouncing it right. Well, when I hear saxifrage, I think it's lost. Oh. Because in one of the episodes, Sawyer says to Kate, not so fast, saxifrage. <laughs> okay. Anywho. Um, so yes, as we touched on briefly, William Penn, the founder of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. he designed the city to be a perfect grid. Yeah. It was designed a mile from north to south. And my guess, judging by the original drawing he did, is that it was about two to three miles east to west, oh, okay. which is the... That sounds like a street. rectangle to me. It's a grid. I never said it was a square. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um... And at the grid's heart is a giant civic square echoed in each quadrant by a spacious park adorned with symmetrical plantings of bushy trees. Oh. Um, and he wanted it designed this way because he was troubled by fire and plague during London in the 1660s. Uh, and he wished that his capital city would never be burned and always be wholesome. Oh. He wanted the streets to be uniform and he wanted each house to ideally be placed in the middle of its plot. And this is a direct quote. So there may be ground on each side for gardens or orchards or fields. Wow. Really and thought out, man. In his words, he wanted the city to be a green country town. That's cute. I like it. And uh, another quote from him is, Whatever men may say, our wilderness flourishes as a garden and our desert springs like a green field. There we go. That's really interesting because I have been to Philly for a short amount of time and they they are like the some in certain areas. Obviously, there's been development, but yeah. they are pretty symmetrical, like the houses next to each other. But there was I did not see rooms for gardens in there. So no. they might have expanded by then. Well, they say suburbia is the place where they cut down the trees and name the streets after them. Oh, oh, that's. Good, right? Yeah, that's good. I tried to find who wrote that quote, and I couldn't find anything. <laughs> it's attributed unknown. Uh, and I don't know if Philly is still a green oasis that he envisioned it to be, but I know that they strive to keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the key things the local government continues to try to build toward, is keeping the city green. Honestly, I like this concept of the city being on a grid. <laughs> It's just easier for me to visualize. Our city is a grid. Well, perhaps not yours, but mine is. Not as nice as a grid as Philly. I would argue that it's better. Mm-hmm. And I base that on the fact that every street here is numbered. Yeah. And you could make up any address and I can tell you from where we're sitting which direction it will be. That's pretty good. And, you know, get pretty close guessing as we're driving mm-hmm. as to how to get there. Good way to navigate. But, you know, we're no Philadelphia. We aren't. <laughs> we don't have the Rocky Steps. Mm-mm. We don't have the Rocky Steps. We don't have the sandwiches. We don't got the Johns. The Johns. <laughs> okay, are we at That's the end? It. That's it for Name That Plant, which we, we didn't shout once during the entire segment. Name That Plant. But that's okay. I had a lot of fun. Me too. This was a fun episode. Yeah, the we first did that. Time, first time we ever planned one out together. Yeah. And I feel like it went really well. Me too. So I think we got to keep it going. I think so In too. the future. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.